This episode, I am presenting an interview with Kansas Legal Services intern for the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic, Bobby French. Welcome to Tax Justice Warriors, the podcast that celebrates the work of low income taxpayer clinics, focuses on tax controversy work, and looks at related issues in tax news. I'm your host, William Schmidt, the director of the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic at Kansas Legal Services. All right, so today I am with Bobby French. He is going into his third year at the University of Missouri Kansas City School of Law. And he is interested in tax, that he is pursuing his dual degree of a JD and an LLM in taxation at the UMKC School of Law. And we've been keeping in touch during his law school time. And then he was a summer intern at Kansas Legal Services for the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic, first getting school credit and then doing some additional volunteer time. So I want to say, hello, Bobby, welcome. And I uh, wanted to start out, what what really has sparked your interest in tax over over the time of your law school career? Yeah, um, first I want to say, you know, thank you, Colin, for having me today. It's you know, uh, greatly appreciated, so I'm happy to talk to you. So um, with that being said, my interest in tax law was kind of an interesting road that I took. Uh, I remember my first year, uh, you were set as a mentor with one of our programs uh, that I went to uh, through our career services. And so it was interesting. The first time we ever talked, I remember telling you that the way I was kind of viewing law school is I want to keep it extremely open as to what I wanted to practice. But I knew areas that I didn't want to. And funny enough, one of those that I said was I did not want to do tax law. Um, I was just terrified of it. The old joke that I always used to say at law school is that I came here for words, not numbers. Uh, with that being said, my uh, summer before going into 2L year, I took Fed tax. And what do you know, after about a month in the class, I ended up falling in love with tax law and here I am now. So it's kind of interesting to see that journey going from uh, basically what everyone always said, that you'll start off thinking that you don't want to do one form of law, and the next thing you know, you fall in love with it, and that's where your passion is. Very nice. And uh, some of what we've chatted about is that Fed tax is taught by a certain professor. I had that professor when I uh, was visiting at UMKC, e- even though I was doing my JD at Washburn. And I think he really sparked my interest in, in tax. And so I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on that particular professor. Yes. Um, so I absolutely love Professor Hoy. Uh, he is very, very good at taking an extremely complex and complicated issue and just breaking it down to where almost anyone can understand it. And so whenever that process was going on, I've seen that it took away this fear that I had of tax law in general. And so just his ability to take these extremely complex issues and breaking them down, I started kind of seeing all that. Um, after taking that one class, I've now uh, enrolled in, let's see, I've had three classes with him now so far, and then I plan on taking at least one more with him in the spring. 
or in this upcoming spring. So he is just amazing at communicating tax law and his willingness to work with students. So I know that kind of in the very beginning, the initial stages of it, just because it was um, a summer course, and so it was a little bit more accelerated than that, instead of your traditional hour and 15-minute class or you know something along those lines, it was closer to about two and a half hours. And so it was accelerated, but at the same time, he was extreme, or he was willing to meet with the law students if we ever needed to, which, I mean, most professors kind of are very much that way, but I remember kind of talking to him multiple times about some of these and kind of figuring out how it all kind of plays with each other and fits along in this, I, I don't know, I kind of like to think of it as a puzzle of sorts um, where you've got these different issues that fall under this, but how they all kind of interrelate and interact with each other is something that I found extremely fascinating. Um, it's kind of the, I've always enjoyed uh, just law in general in that it's kind of, I view it like a game of chess to where all of it is just, you make a move and then what is the response to it? And then you kind of start thinking three moves down the road. And tax law what I started to realize that summer that I took that tax is it very much works that way to where it's kind of, you have to think about how all of these things interact with each other. And then you can kind of start seeing where everything moves. And I just found that extremely fascinating, but professor Hoy was the one that really kind of showed us how that works by breaking it down. into almost its simplest form. I definitely agree to disclose his name, uh, full name is Professor Chris Hoyt. One thing, though, that I, I agree with everything that Bobby said, but I also have to put in Professor Hoyt's sense of humor that I when, when I took classes with him, some of it he was doing Rodney Dangerfield kind of Im impressions or or jokes. So um, some of it he may have updated, but but definitely my impression of him was was a little bit that he's part teacher, part stand-up comedian in, in how he's doing things. So, yeah, I know you have some thoughts about, about his jokes. They, they can be a little corny, but, but they're fun. Yes, absolutely. So it's funny how a lot of us students, um, before taking his courses, we all kind of joke that he has these jokes that everyone kind of knows, and they're ones that he makes year after year, so it's kind of passed along. Where it's like, oh yeah, like wait for this joke, and you don't spoil the joke, but we've all got kind of like different uh, titles almost for every joke that he has, or at least kind of the memorable ones. So I've always found that um, it, it makes it very enjoyable to sit in some of those classes where he's kind of able to do that, um, where we'll kind of look at stuff and he'll give a joke about it, but it also kind of works. I know a lot of students uh, have talked about it to where whenever he makes these jokes about some of the stuff, it actually kind of helps you learn what it is that he's talking about. So you kind of start to remember some of the jokes about different, you know, subjects that we're talking about. And suddenly, whenever you're outlining, at the end of the semester, you remember that joke and it pops in your head. You've got the outline. And now you walk to the test and you kind of giggle a little bit while you're you know, writing your exam answer. And so it, it's fun. I, I really enjoy how he kind of teaches the course and kind of breaks it down for everyone. That was the word I was going to bring up at this point. 
fun is one thing that I, th I think for tax professors, they, they need to realize that, okay, how, how do I approach what some people think of as boring and dry and, you know, really a, a lot of law school or, or whatever teaching subjects, a big key is let's make it fun. Let's, let's get the, the students interested and involved and, you know, it, yeah, it may be a serious topic at, at different times, but, you know, if, if you make it fun for the class, then they can, they will really dive into the material and, and enjoy it more. So, so I think you'll get a more engaged class in, in the process. Yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. It's one of those, just given the amount of time that we have to spend as law students, uh, both in class and out of class, learning the law um, and doing all of that, you start to really kind of embrace those little moments where the professors kind of make it fun for you. Um, and so I think everyone's going to kind of have a different perspective, obviously, of what makes different things fun. Professor Hoy was very much that kind of joking type of about it, and that was how he made his course and stuff like that fun. But it's also one of those, uh, you just mentioned this, that with tax law, a lot of us kind of view it as being kind of a boring subject matter. And so I know every time I've told anyone I want to go into tax law, uh, I usually give one of two responses, either, so are you going to help me with my taxes? And then the other one is, wow, that sounds really boring. And so it, it's interesting how, like, I mean, I won't lie, before going into it and kind of finding it as my passion, I thought tax law was going to be extremely boring. Uh, it just, it, it seemed that way, and it was also kind of terrifying because you have to deal with these numbers. But after taking Fed tax and taking more of his courses, both, I, I learned a couple different things. The one is that he got me away from being scared of the numbers. And I think part of it is because of those jokes, it kind of breaks down this kind of fear that you have going into it, and it kind of reminds you, hey, relax, type of thing, like you're going to be okay. And then also, whenever you kind of introduce that fun factor to it, it also kind of opens you up to this perspective of this doesn't have to be boring. And so I think kind of the way that he navigates that and kind of shows you, hey, you know, there's more to this than just you know, numbers and kind of being scared and, you know, traditional forms that you're just kind of keep going down. It's not always about that. And so I think he really kind of helps you see how kind of tax law can be different. And even that, after taking multiple courses of his, you really start to see just how uh, vast tax law really is compared to what we traditionally think of whenever someone says, I want to practice tax law. You get this kind of mental image of kind of like your uh, tax preparer type of individual, as opposed to really understanding that tax law is just a massive area of law that falls under, or different things kind of fall underneath it. And so um, you can kind of take different routes and I think once I started realizing that, it really kind of broke down some of that, this can be kind of boring type of mentality. Nice. Yeah, I I, I think of Professor Hoyt, he's, he's a very good ambassador or, or kind of a gateway person to get people into tax. 
Now I wanted to turn a little bit to, you were interning for the, the Kansas Legal Services Tax Clinic for school credit, and during that time you had to do some reflection papers, and so I was wondering if, if there's some items that, that you learned during that time that, that you could share here with the audience. Yeah, so I think one of the first main takeaways that I kind of picked up is in law school, especially in your kind of, I think the different law schools refer to them differently, but ours was our legal writing and research courses. They kind of teach you this mentality of preparing for court. And that's what all of your work is going to do. So, you know, if we're doing our briefs and memos and all that stuff, but it's very much geared toward this mentality of you're going to court. And so that's the mentality that I've always had when I was doing my research. And then I remember uh, at the very beginning of the internship, that's how I was doing my research and I was kind of thinking about different things. So, I would read a case and I would be like, okay, how can we kind of distinguish our case from this? Or are we kind of similar to what this tax court case is? And then um, I remember we had our discussion that it was, while that is important, it's almost the last resort that you kind of want to view it as going to tax court. And so you do the research, but the mentality of what you're doing is completely different as opposed to what they're teaching you at lawyering skills to where there is more of this kind of initial stage of it and that different types of law are going to approach things differently. So obviously I'm still using those skills that they taught me, but it's the mentality that I go into it is a little bit different. And then the second one that I kind of started to realize is um, kind of the the attorney-client kind of relationship that you build with individuals. And so you go into it with this, um, like, obviously you want to help each other out in a situation, but the thing that I really started to kind of embrace is that um, we're advocates for these individuals. And so remembering that whenever these issues arise, they are, um, are, the client is the one that has this issue. And so we become advocates for them to help them. And so there's kind of that part of it, but also we're doing this to where we help these, uh, these individuals and clients kind of develop their own agency. And so we're kind of showing them, hey, um, even though this issue uh, happened, how can we kind of go in the future to where this doesn't continually occur? So maybe it's, you know, telling them, hey, you have to stay current with your taxes for the next however many years. And you're kind of teaching them to develop this agency to where they can do these things on their own. And they set this out to where it's something that they know they have to do. And you're kind of helping them build that mentality because Part of it is not just helping them with what the issue was originally, but how can we help them to where it doesn't arise again in the future? So it's kind of the learning from your mistake type thing. And as an advocate, we're helping them, kind of showing them, hey, like, you know, here's how you avoid this in the future. And, you know, unfortunately, I'm sorry that you're in this situation, but we also need to both look at 
what the current issue is and the future with how this issue may arise. Definitely. I wanted to also talk to you that you've had different observations about working with low-income clients and what what helping people who are impoverished in working with the IRS, what's involved there. So I, I was wondering what, what kind of thoughts, what, what reflections you have to share. Yeah, um, I, I think it's kind of one of those, we kind of have to remember that not everyone has access to the same things as what everyone else wants. And so whenever you're kind of working with um, individuals in the low-income tax, uh, your low-income taxpayers, you kind of have to remember that uh, sometimes their life is going to be vastly different from yours. Their prioritization might be different. And even more so, their, their income is going to be different than what we kind of traditionally may think of whenever we envision, you know, uh, where we are. And so we have to kind of keep that perspective whenever we're kind of going about this. And that's part of why we have these tax clinics, at least in my mind, uh, is because we have to help these individuals. And also at the same time, we have to understand that um, they may not be able to afford, uh, you know, what we think of as, you know, with our attorneys that do tax controversy. They probably can't afford um, those individuals. And so just because they can't afford it doesn't mean that they don't deserve that representation. And so I think that's one of the best things that the tax plans do is that they give these individuals that don't have that ability, they we still act as their advocate and we make sure that they have someone that is there to help them in the situation. Because a lot of times whenever they're in these issues, um, you know, the, the, however the tax liability occurred, it's something that they may or may not have had control over. And so if it's one of those, they have to pay back um, a large amount of money, maybe it's due to a credit that they received and an income of some sort and the pushing them above that, they may not be able to afford to pay back that credit because they are a low-income individual. But that doesn't mean that they don't deserve representation. And so you have to remember that, you know, they may have been in the situation um, for, you know, a multitude of reasons, but we still have to help them. And so that's the beauty, I think, of the low-income taxpayer clinics is because we want to help these individuals that may not be able to have access to the same things that we do. And so we want to be their advocate and their voice and kind of show them, hey, I get it, you're going against a large institution, and that alone can be scary, and even more so if you feel like you don't have access to resources. And so that's kind of where we step in and help. Nice. So what are some of your thoughts in that law school, certainly some tax classes focus a good amount on the theoretical, and now looking at tax controversy work, what what are kind of your your thoughts on on this whole different side of of working with taxes than than what you've seen in in law school? Yeah, so so some of the professors are really good at doing the theoretical side, 
And so we deal with a lot of hypotheticals and we kind of look at these things as um, going to kind of be the outliers of what we may end up doing in practice. But they kind of teach you that because uh, I guess I've always kind of viewed the law as being this. Um, it, it's there, but how we interact with it is going to be different. So a lot of law school is kind of teaching you, hey, here's the rule of the law. And let's apply it to this hypothetical. And, you know, like, what factors, you know, like, what facts end up pushing it a little bit further than what the rule of law allows? And that's what kind of leads to these issues that arise. And so that's kind of how I've always viewed the hypothetical, or the theoretical side of it, is very much that kind of teaching you what tax is um, and just the law in general, and then kind of looking at it from this hypothetical and then we've got um, kind of the more practice side of it that we learn through internships. And some professors do this really well. And it's showing you that, you know, here's the law and then here's kind of the... So, for instance, like with tax law, it's kind of... I view it as, you know, here's the law and then here's the forms that you're going to frequently have to kind of fill out with your individuals. And so kind of determining how... Um, for instance, like whenever we're looking at income and things like that, whenever we're filling out these forms for individuals or helping them do that, um, it, it's interesting kind of going through the form because you see this theoretical side that a lot of professors kind of focus on, and then you can apply it to this. But also at the same time, without having done those forms in the course, I remember that kind of the first time you even think about them, it was almost a little overwhelming towards like, oh, no, what if I don't, you know, classify this uh, income or, or expenses in the right way? Um, and kind of be, you, you have this almost fear of going into it without um, having that experience. And so I remember on one of the forms that we were going over whenever we were looking at some of the expenses um, and we were talking about things like, uh, you know, rent and then there was also cable was one of them. And so one of my questions was, well, like, what about individuals that don't have traditional cable that instead use streaming services and things like that? And so that's where I think kind of going over those forms was extremely helpful because I can ask those questions and kind of dive into that to where it's nothing about really the theoretical side that they're going to teach you in law school. Like, they're, they're not going to have a hypothetical where an individual, you know, gets rid of their traditional cable box and instead moves to internet cable, you know, like, how does that work? Like it's not really a hypothetical area that law school is ever going to dive into. But whenever you're reading the form, those kind of questions stick out because they're teaching you how to think like lawyers, they always say. So ask that question, that follow-up question of, you know, what does this kind of mean? So whenever we go over the form, I think it really brought out a lot of that to where I start seeing, you know, how all this goes. And it's kind of, again, you kind of have to break away from this being scared of the unknown type of situation. But seeing the form really helps you out with that. And so um, it, it's kind of this balance between you've got your theoretical side of everything, and I kind of view those, again, as the hypotheticals versus kind of the practice side of it of looking at the forms and applying the things. And then you kind of start seeing how they all play together. Very nice. So my last main question is, during law school, you are not really hearing about the IRS itself, and it, like you were saying, so many people view it as just the large institution. So now, 
in in some of your dealings with the IRS, what what are your thoughts in overall working with them? Any any thoughts for reforms or or anything that that you learned over the summer? Yeah. Um, well, I mean. <laughs> I think talking about kind of the reform type stuff, that's one of those we can have, I don't even know how long of a conversation. That is going to be a rabbit hole um, type of thing. But, I mean, that comes with any large institution, whatever you're kind of acting with them. Um, you're going to kind of see some of those things, and especially whenever you talk about kind of government entities, because the way that I've always uh, viewed them and kind of explained it is that with your... Um, like your private institutes, uh, institutes and things like that, they have this ability to fail. Um, you can go in, you can test different things and try different things and kind of see what works, what doesn't, what's most efficient, what's most productive, so on and so forth. And you can kind of dive and play in that area. But the government is not that way. They're very much the, you know, like try and test it and then they'll embrace it. And so they're, you know, however many years behind what technology really is. And so... That's kind of the first thing you have to keep in mind when you're kind of um, working with those, you know, government entities. The thing that, uh, well, I guess with all that being said, the thing that I thought was interesting is viewing the IRS, I originally thought of it as this, you know, large entity that... Um, not necessarily the divisions that it's broken into, but just the entity itself. And so whenever I kind of thought about acting, um, you know, like our interaction with the IRS, I would immediately think of like IRS counsel um, type of stuff because I would just, you know, think in my head, oh, you know, we're, you know, uh, whether we're legal interns or whatever it is, um, or attorneys, we're, we're interacting with the IRS uh, as a capacity as an attorney. Like that's why you file your power of attorney forms. And so I kind of originally thought, like, oh, okay, so, like, a lot of our interactions are with uh, counsel over at the IRS. But then I started to learn that it's not it's not that way. Um, that's not the first interaction you have with them. You know, there's, there's processes and divisions. And then even that, whenever you start looking at it, it's almost before it even gets to different departments, it has to finish with one. And so learning that was... I mean, I I wake in because that's not something they teach them uh, law school. They don't teach you that. Um, you know, you go, you work with an appeals officer uh, who may or may not have been to law school and really kind of dives into these, you know, theoretical legal issues and things. And so, you know, you're working with them is going to be a little bit different than working with counsel and thinking about going to tax court and stuff like that. So, um, kind of viewing the IRS instead of this large entity and starting thinking about it as there's different departments and uh, we kind of act with them or, or we interact with them in this situation to where it's uh, you, you interact with one at a time. And then also whenever you're doing that, you're not really thinking about whenever you're uh, interacting with these different departments, you have to kind of remember that, you know, with each one, you're going to kind of have different uh, interactions and different kind of things that they'll go into. And so, for instance, like with your appeals 
you'll go through the process and then they might give you uh, what they believe that the offer should be or uh, what the tax liability of this individual is. And so you go into kind of that negotiation phase. But then whenever it goes over to IRS counsel, if you decide to go that route and uh, not take the settlement offer that they um, that the appeals person gave, it's kind of the, you know, as we've talked about multiple times throughout the internship, you know, there's multiple doors that you can choose, but once you go to the next one in the department, that original, that first door closes. And so you kind of have to keep that in mind whenever you're doing some of these things and thinking about both the settlement, the negotiation process, and understanding that, hey, my interaction with these departments might be different, but I also have to keep in mind that if it goes to the next one, that this one is done. Um, and so you kind of have to do that. So I think viewing it that way is different um, than what I originally did, because that's not really something that they teach you in law school. That's something that we that, that at least I learned uh, through the clinic was kind of that, as opposed to, you know, we always think about it in law school where it's like, hey, um, I have tax liability, and I need to figure this out with the IRS. And so they just view it as this one thing, as opposed to different. I just wanted to um, say thank you, and do you have any specific parting thoughts you wanted to share at this point? Yeah, so, uh, you know, thank you again for having me here, and also, thank you very much for this opportunity. It was one of those, again, with law school, I found that passion for tax law and kind of enjoyment for it, but then now having... uh, worked with you in the low income taxpayer clinic, I really kind of get to see this, you know, both the side that they teach us in law school, but also how it's actually applied. And so uh, I think that was great. My parting advice for anyone um, that's listening to this, that is maybe someone that's uh, thinking about tax law or kind of anything like that. My big thing is this, don't be scared of the numbers. I was the person that was always terrified of the numbers. I mean, as I mentioned at the very beginning, I came to law school with this mentality of I'm here for words, not numbers. But then I, I stopped having that fear, and I started realizing that, hey, I'm not out here doing trading and calculus type of math. And so stop being kind of afraid of that, taking you know, AP statistics again or stuff like that, like, the numbers and things that we do is not something to be scared of because it's not kind of what we're what we originally think of whenever we kind of think about doing math. Um, so really, if you're thinking about tax law and kind of your big hesitation toward it is the numbers, the only thing I would like to say is don't be afraid of the numbers. Figure out and kind of see what it really is before you kind of come to that initial knee-jerk reaction of just not wanting to do it. Um, but I mean, again, that goes back to the whole, as everyone kind of told me before law school. And now I like to tell individuals as well that are thinking about going to law school, you're going to go in thinking that you want to do one type of law, or maybe that you don't want to do these types of law. And the next thing you know, by, you know, you're into your first year or whatever it is, that's the area that you fell in love with. So keep that open mind. And just because you see some of the things that would um, that, that kind of scared you beforehand, kind of understand that it may not be that way. And so kind of um, 
not saying you have to you know, completely embrace it before you get there, obviously, but don't be afraid. I, I don't think I could have said it better myself. Um, I, I can't help myself. I, I want to expand on that, that if people are worried about the numbers, that so much of tax controversy is focusing on negotiation of getting information and documents from clients and just part of it's knowing the procedure so there's there's only a portion of it that that actually has to do with numbers but i always tell people i'm willing to check their work and and do that part of it if if they are concerned about the numbers if if they're volunteering for the clinic and you know certainly if if you're looking at being involved in in running a clinic even there, I would say you can consult with other clinicians and have them double check your math or, or double check whether a, a client is getting a fair deal when it comes to running the numbers. So even then, I, I don't think it's a barrier to, to moving forward in, in tax controversy work. But overall, I, I, th I think you've had some, some great insights. I, I thank you for, for both your time as a student and a volunteer as an intern for the summer with our clinic. So, so thank you again, Bobby, and um, I appreciate you being with me. Um, thank you for your time. Yeah, uh, anytime. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Tax Justice Warriors. We have a Patreon page if you'd like to support this podcast. Providing monetary support for this podcast helps with expenses like equipment or travel to tax conferences. Supporting this podcast through Patreon comes with rewards, so check out our Patreon page. Please rate or review this podcast because positive reviews help get more people to know this podcast exists. The views expressed on this podcast are not official opinions of the IRS, the Low Income Taxpayer Clinic Program, or the employers of the people who spoke on this program. Your tax situation is unique, so do not take the statements on this program as tax or legal advice. Consult with your own tax professional to provide you with specific advice on your situation. Tune in next time on Tax Justice Warriors for another interesting tax discussion.